0: What is going on? What a week. We have a super, super special person in the house today. Aww. Johnny D, the <laughs> Assistant.
1: I'm here. You are so bad. That
0: sweet voice you're hearing is my lovely wife of 24 years, we think. Uh, <laughs> we thought it was 25, but it is 24 years. Uh, Corey Robertson, Welcome.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. I wondered how long it was gonna take you to get me on your show.
0: Well, you're hard to book, you know. I had to go through <laughs> your assistant and uh right. you know, lobbied and uh so we were able to get you here and welcome to you had the to cook podcast. Cook you a couple
1: of meals. Cook
0: you a couple of meals. Yeah. Your daughter's been on, Sadie. We had I a good know. time with her. Your mother in law's been on, Miss Kay. Miss so Kay. uh yeah. So now this one should be easy because uh Corey and I talk a lot. And so Yeah, we do. And you do so you're gonna do most of the talking.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I mean like you know, like you normally do, so
1: what? <laughs> I don't know about that now. Well you we talk a lot.
0: This week is very special because um we're it's all about adoption and so uh Corey knows a lot about adoption, as do I, and uh we've also got a special guest coming on. Um Heath Arthur's gonna be on later and if you don't know who Heath is, he is Cory's first cousin and it is one of the most incredible um stories really that you've ever heard it's it's unbelievable he is John David's first cousin as well. So uh, keeping it all in the family here uh, down here in Louisiana. Heath is in uh, Colorado. He's going to join us, and we're going to talk about his incredible story. I was fortunate enough to be a part of that story as well because I was working uh, for your uncle at the time and your dad. We're um, keeping
1: it all on my side of the family yeah, today, This is actually, all your side of the family. This is, this is unusual. The I feel the like a
0: stranger. <laughs> this is our show now. But we are not strangers to adoption, and so Corey and I, have really made a commitment in our lives. Really, is one of the big things that we want to pull off in in our lifetime. Is just to create uh, awareness about adoption, to create homes for children um, that really need homes. And uh, what's the stat, Corey? How many kids in America right now? Over a well, hundred thousand?
1: Actually, yes. There's about 115,000 kids in America today. America today that are in the foster care system that are adoptable. They are ready to be adopted. They're just looking for that forever family. And when you hear that number, you know, 115,000 sounds like a lot of kids, but when you compare it to how many actual families there are in America, it really seems kind of shameful to me that we we don't take care of this problem. You know, we need to um, step up and um, get these kids forever homes. And the statistics that, you know, you look at whenever kids do end up aging out of foster care when they turn 18 years old and they still don't have a parent, they don't have a mom and dad, they don't have a family. The statistics of what happens to these kids is really startling. Um, a lot of them end up in prison, um, on drugs, early pregnancies, all those things, homeless, all those things that, you know, are realities for kids who become adults and they don't have family to take care of them. You know, they're, out on, they're on their own at 18 years old. So it's really um, kind of become... A mission for Willie and I. We've become really passionate about um get, finding those children homes.
0: We are trying our best. Uh we've uh, taken in uh three kids, uh two of which are well technically one's adopted, one's in the process and uh one she just uh actually she just she turned to eighteen before we, she just came in at sixteen Rebecca and she, <laughs> she just, just kind of stayed laughed. so she became one of not ours. <laughs> officially adopted but certainly uh one of our children we're that her american in. family right and she has a she has a mom that's in taiwan and uh uh and now she is engaged and so now mm-hmm. we're taking on another one and so uh looking forward to that so we Cory and i have uh have done that Even, and I, I always say this and Corey's heard this a ton um it's not just because we're celebrities or we have more money now is the reason why we do that is we did this way before Duck Dynasty, way before we were, um, even had much money. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, we struggled just to pay for, uh, the adoption just to pay the, the home or whatever, um, you know, to make the process. But, um, it's just something we've been passionate about. Yeah. It was something that we
1: decided whenever we were dating that we Mm -hmm. were going to do. It was Willie and I, like, we both had families that were very hospitable I think you always had someone pretty much living always, on your couch. Yeah, yeah we right. always had someone living in the guest bedroom. It could have been like a mom, a single mom that came out of an abusive situation with her kids or family that needed a home for a little while. Our families always took in people, and I think yours did too. But um,
0: Oh, my my parents took in especially wayward young men, like, like some people take in dogs, you know, I mean, there, was, <laughs> was, there was always people around and some of them were a little frightening and, uh, yeah. but, you know, learned a lot about life and just learned about, you know, people in need and the families that were just torn apart and tragic. And, uh, and there was, there was always a couch or there was always somewhere to, to stay to get a meal. And so, yeah, uh, my family did that and yours did as well. You always had people living with y'all and just that needed help. And although neither one of our parents, uh, adopted anyone, um, uh, Corey and I, you know, really had that when we were dating. Actually, I didn't. I just knew you were into it, so I went with it.
1: No, <laughs> you would have agreed to anything at that point. You were like, you? I think
0: we should adopt. I'm like, that's a great idea. Let's do that. But no, Actually, we really did. Was, I thought, why not?
1: Well, it was my senior year in high school, and my Bible teacher, because I went to a Christian school, my Bible teacher adopted a little boy that year. And, you know, I just it just really touched my heart. Like I just remember everything about that. And my Bible teacher talked a lot about how important it is to adopt and how, what a tragedy it is for kids to not have a mom and dad. And can you even, I can't even imagine, you know, a, a child not having a mom and dad. And he talked about it a lot that year and it touched me and I decided then and there that I was going to adopt. And so that's kind of like been the, um, been the driver for Willie and I too, to to spread the word about it. Cause it just took like one person saying that to me saying like this is important this is something we need to do this is something god cares about this is something that jesus says is important this is what um the bible says is pure and um pure religion is to take care of widows and orphans and their distress and so it's one of those things that like somebody just said it to me and and it's changed our life forever we have children because of that and so I think, okay, what if just by us saying it, someone else hears that and is like, okay, it's going to change their family forever, change a child's life forever.
0: And that was a positive, you know, what you saw was positive. I think what holds some people back is maybe they've heard a negative, like we brought a child in and something happened, you know, and he turned out this way or that way or whatever. And so I think, you know, the more that people see positive outcomes, not that it's easy, this, it's not easy, um, uh, it's cost money and it you know children are they're all different especially we we've got the experience now of taking in a uh well we've got you, you bring in someone that's 16 you bring in someone that's mm-hmm. one month old and you bring in a boy that's right. 12 all different Each levels of our of,
1: children came to us in different ways in different yeah. ways
0: when rebecca came she's 16 we've got i mean kids with Two little kids, four, or four? We have four, four all of them. So we had yeah, all four, had but they're little kids. And now, all of a sudden, we're doing prom, we're doing high school, we're doing you know, dating and jobs, and you know, throw that in on our family. Getting at a the driver's time. license, right? Getting a car driver's and... license, uh, <laughs> not speaking English—that's uh, always <laughs> interesting as well. Uh, throw that one in the mix, and then Will comes in as a moth, um, and uh, and it's so strange how none of was planned. Where what we're talking about is. We always wanted to adopt, mm-hmm. but really had no plan, like... Right. And so we have we're John Luke. We're not great Luke.
1: planners. No, we're not. We just kind of, like, it just all happens. When stuff happens, we have
0: John Luke, we have Sadie, um, and and then we heard mm-hmm. that, that... Well, actually, we tried. Right. We tried with an adoption, and um uh, turns out the the lady had several other families giving money, because we were paying right. electric bills mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and thought mm-hmm. that's kind of how... We went through an attorney... And uh, come to find out, it was a big scam, and so the lady was just trying to get money. And at that point, I was super discouraged, and I thought, well, you try to help someone. and But someone in our church had heard that we were interested in adopting. She knew of a, a lady and um, a young girl, well, mm-hmm. young lady, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. who had uh, who was fixed to have a baby, and uh, she thought there may be an opportunity there and i mean it happened when it happened it happened it fast happened didn't
1: fast. It? it was amazing the next yeah. thing you know
0: there's a a new child and then uh-huh. uh so we're so excited and then we had our 10 year anniversary the next month and we went to cancun and voila cory gets pregnant so uh Stuff happens. now we've got yeah. two little kids within 10 months we got two little babies and uh, uh but just what a joy and then this weekend, Corey and I were at the uh, Duck Commander 500 uh, over in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth, and um, we chose this year to really make it an even bigger thing, and so we we did we came up with Drive Adoption.
1: Actually, I'm going to admit that you came up with Drive Adoption. One of your rare, really good ideas... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You have lots of good ideas, but we... Um, What's really cool about it is last year at the Duck Commander 500, we um, met Rowdy, our newest addition to our family. That was our first meeting. It was one of those kind of like a neutral location for us to just meet him. We had found out about this little 12-year-old boy that needed a home, and um, I came home and told Willie, and he said, why not? And I said, okay, let's do it, and um, another one of those um, not really planned moments. My mom actually says that I told her we were adopting another kid on the same day that I left Will at a track meet on which, accident. On accident. <laughs> I forgot him. Yeah. <laughs> That's how our kids were like, Hey, you got to learn to be independent. You got to figure out how a lot, to survive. We had a lot
0: going on. <laughs> so we met Rowdy there. He thought he was just doing a, you right. know, meeting some Having TV people. And, mm-hmm. uh, we actually had other ideas and, uh, and then boom, he comes over. He's with us. So this year, to take him back, uh, with a special theme of drive adoption and having him there. And it what was crazy to me was it's only been a year. Like,
1: I know like we that just met crazy. him a year ago, yeah. and
0: uh, and he's been with us, and uh, he's been been a joy. It's you mm-hmm. know, and for him, you know, for a, an older child like that, you know, I mean, you can imagine how tough it is. I mean, this kid really never been out of the state of Texas and never done anything that gets thrown into our family, which is, uh, we're always moving and shaking. Yeah. And, uh, uh, just to make that adjustment of moving from state to state, having a new house, uh, all of a sudden you have siblings everywhere and
1: cousins, and cousins, and crazy, and uncles and uncles and- crazy uncles, crazy
0: uncles, <laughs> uh, seeing them on television. So, uh, uh, but he's been great. And so we were so proud to be able to really dedicate, you know, that whole race to drive adoptions. Uh, We had several uh, agencies there, all kind of people there from really all over the country.
1: That Um, was really amazing. It went from this just kind of idea, sitting around the conference room at Duck Commander. Like, what are we going to, what's Duck Commander 500 going to look like this year? This is our last year to do the race. And um, Willie just came up with the idea um, to call it Drive Adoption, to launch this new campaign initiative um, to just really bring awareness, education, to help families who are struggling financially or whatever that needs that want to adopt. And um, we decided to launch it. And from there, it was like super speed to the race, to whenever. And, I mean, we had, I think, over 15 organizations come out from... All over the country. There was um, kids
0: there. There were kids that were up for adoption. Yeah, that was to very them. cool.
1: We had organizations set up that um, that do work for charity, work for adoption, that raise awareness, and all the things that are like like minded what we want to do. But that was really cool. We had fifteen, I think, children from the foster care system actually in the Dallas area that are um, up for adoption, and um, oh, we learned some some difficult hard stories when we were there you know right. they um they said that actually in that area they there's not even enough homes to place kids with some of the kids are having to live at shelters right now well, and there was
0: a girl there was an older girl there and it mm-hmm. was that she had she took a picture and she wrote on her little sign adopt me and i just it just breaks your heart thinking you know i mean you this see a
1: 16 year old girl who's been in the foster care system her whole life
0: never had a family mm-hmm. never had what we just all take for granted you know that you know, having mom and dad and brothers and sisters and uh, just somewhere to call home, you know, having your own bedroom and having, you know, um, so heartbreaking and we've got to continue to do that. It was great to see uh, each of them share their stories and almost get I mean, you could just tell they were encouraged by hearing mm-hmm. other people doing good. What well, but the sweet family, how many girls do they have? Like eight or ten girls that they'd taken in. Yeah. They all had their camouflage shirts they on. Were so and, cute. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was really their you know, that's their whole ministry in life and so uh we're inspired lot, by that.
1: And we talk a lot about, you know, America and what we have in the foster care system and kids that are waiting to find homes, but then you look you broaden that to the world, there's 100 million orphans in the world and so there's just a great great need and i think everyone's touched in a different way you know some people like oh you know i would love taking an older child or 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 maybe i've always been connected to some country that i'm interested in but you know there's so many ways that you can get involved besides even like if you're not in a position to adopt right now where you can donate to you can help sponsor children that Mm -hmm. are you know in children's homes, in care um, around the world, and um, and you can help with the foster care system. You give your money,
0: your time. Uh, uh, Corey's cousin, uh, Jake, is, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're taking in, what does that sit, what is it called, like, they're taking in little foster babies, yeah, you know? Yeah, they're. And so we just got together for a family thing and, uh, you you never know, they'll have a different kid with them. And, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, you know, it's just giving of yourselves and doing that just to help people out. We read, I think a lot
1: of times people are like, I just, I just don't think I could do that. Like I couldn't open my heart or my home to it because I mean, how heartbreaking would it be when that child had to leave or whatever? And, you know, you just think like, you know, it's really not about you. It's really about that little child that needs a home and, um, watching Jake and Jamie, our our family that have done this, watching them with these little babies or these little toddlers that they've taken in. And sometimes it's for a few months. And, you know, one they had for like nine months Mm. and then went on to um, be adopted by a family. But, you know, it's heartbreaking whenever they, they pass that baby off. But also, you know, just the thought that that baby never knew a time when he wasn't loved. Right. That whole nine months, they loved him. They cared for them, him, and so he never had to go through the heartbreak of a time when he wasn't loved. Right. And um, as hard as it is to pack that little baby off and send him, you know that you know God was with him through all that, and He's going to continue to be with them. And I just think there's nothing more special. Well, than and they've that. got
0: they've got two children of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake's a dentist. Uh, she's a doctor, and so these are busy people that have lives and uh, I think sometimes in America we do we get caught up kind of in ourselves and in mm-hmm. our family and the things that we have and uh you know I again I was just so inspired I'm inspired by hanging out with people like that we took a sweet family from our church they sit right in front of us every Sunday and they bring in foster kids and uh and so you never it's, uh, there's different kids and that got,
1: family has been my heroes for the past 10 years watching them at church in the pew in front of us they sit in the pew in front of us and just Watching them as they 've um, had foster children throughout the years they 've got three that they have adopted and um, two foster girls right now and um, just it 's just incredible it 's a beautiful thing
0: to see well, so we had a great time uh, in Texas and uh, really just bringing awareness to adoption uh, also we were uh, uh, it was pretty emotional for us as well because will sang the national anthem and yes. Uh, and it was, uh, it was you can
1: a- watch part of it on my Instagram if you're interested. He ah. did, I'm a proud mom. He did so good. I don't think there was a dry eye from anyone in the entire family.
0: Yeah, when Phil's leading the prayer and your fourteen-year-old son singing the national anthem, I don't know which one I was more nervous about. Uh, <laughs> Phil had thirty seconds, but uh, he, you know he had me on the edge, and uh, but he did fine. He did great, and uh, it was just a great time. So, and uh, even
1: Bella cried when Will sang the national anthem. With Will and Bella are ten months apart, and and they're you know teenagers, thirteen and fourteen years old. So to see. Um, his little sister be so proud of him i wasn't I crying was really the pollen special. was
0: really bad you and were so bawling. my eyes were itchy yeah. from the pollen so uh, it is springtime well we're gonna get heath arthur on the phone from Colorado, and uh i'm just telling you you have to hear this story it's the one of the craziest stories ever so uh we're gonna get heath on the phone now All right, Willie, I've got the man himself on the phone, uh, Heath Arthur. He is a stand-up comedian in Denver, so go see him if you can. He was also in the movie Second Greatest, I believe is what it's called. Also, Best Man in My Wedding. That's probably the most important of all those. And he told me to say, if you're more interested, just go visit HeathArthur.com. Oh, my goodness, Heath, is that your intro? That is. Wasn't it great?
1: what i mean <laughs> i'm impressed Heath. Yeah. you
0: left off you got a trophy one time for football in fourth grade and uh also you were made the honor roll and <laughs> that's that's on his website
1: <laughs> outstanding camper
0: yeah outstanding camper yeah yeah uh heath how are you man good to good to hear your voice good brother how
2: you guys been doing
0: we have been fantastic uh we're talking about adoption today and uh we 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 are dying to hear this story it never gets old uh But um, how's things out in Colorado? Now, Heath used to live in West Monroe. He and his family, and they moved, so we miss him. We don't get to see him as much. Uh, Last time I saw you, I may have seen you since, but uh, the the funny thing was he he, he started being a comedian, which was awesome, and uh, we were on the Duck Commander cruise, Mm -hmm. which I had a blast. What a fun, fun, fun uh, time. It's it's hard. The cruise is like that. I don't know how to explain it. It, it was
1: fun, but we just needed like to sleep for about 2 hours after I mean 2 about 2 hours about 2 days when we got off the cruise. It was exhausting. We, did but we, we having cars, the nightly was things was
0: fun because we were the yes. entertainment as well, and so Heath uh, was hired to uh, kind of MC some of the stuff, and uh,
1: and Heath, you were hilarious. I loved it.
0: What what's your uh, what what's the thing with oh oh what he meant to say? Oh, yeah. it's one of the funniest oh, so things. It's one of the funniest things he does is when uh, he so he's talking about my father, and you know my father will say things that you know, and so Heath does this bit about what he meant to say, and. Uh, it cracked us up. Do, do you have one? I mean, I hate putting you on the spot, Heath, but do no, you no, my, my, well, my favorite commute?
2: one is, um, you know, I used to work for Doug commander. Uh, I was the it guy. I did all the computer stuff. Uh, and I'd always come around lunchtime while everybody was napping. So I could get all my work done. And, uh, <laughs> Phil once came up to me and, and what he meant to say was, uh, your success in your chosen profession is evident in your outward appearance. That's what he meant. But what he actually right. said to me was, uh, you're nice and pale, like a good computer guy should be. <laughs> he, actually, he actually said those words to me and, and I walked away from it. And I was like, I think that was a compliment. Uh, I'm just going to take it like that. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. My, my father has a way of, uh, saying things like that. I forgot all about that. You worked for the commander. One I, did.
2: That's, I did. I did. I would go down fault. there when Cy was building calls and Jason, I'd literally go right after lunch. We'd, Everybody would eat a big lunch and then take a nap, and I'd go get my work done.
0: Okay, now that's back. Now that's back yep. when it was actually still at mom and dad's house. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So I was at Phil and Kay's house, and so she would cook the big lunch for everybody.
0: Yeah, now, and because the, the people are listening are they're used to seeing us at the office, and you know uh, that's fairly new. I mean, because back in the day we ran everything out of mom and dad's house, so I'm sure it was weird to go down there to somebody's dwelling and. Do the computer stuff uh, with size, sound asleep, snoring on the couch, and because uh, really, we'd have business really meetings. That's was when...
1: crazy because I mean, you know, we, by that time we were selling to Walmart, Bass Pro, Cabela's, all the big boxes. We were kind right of a big deal. There, well, I'm not saying we were a big <laughs> deal, but I'm just saying right there from Phil and Kay's house, like yes. it all happened right there. Right. Oh it's yeah, it's crazy. And then whenever it would rain and like you know there'd be a storm, we'd lose
0: the internet. The because internet. We were all. I mean, there's no. <laughs> There's no cable. Yeah. So we were on total satellite. There still are. I yeah. Mean, it's maddening down there trying to have a phone call. Well, when I first um, started. So at that point, I said, was, yeah, was we've got to
2: move. Before uh, satellite, we would get down there, and there was dial-up to get the Walmart. Wow. Over there.
1: Mm. Wow. And then, yeah, everyone would eat a big meal and literally take a nap on the couch. <laughs> Whenever we moved to the warehouse, Kay asked if she could buy cots for all the guys so they could take naps
0: <laughs> she said where are they gonna sleep at and i said mom it's an office we're not sleeping <laughs> she was like well they're gonna have to sleep after they after they eat their lunch and i was like mom we are changing the culture of duck commander and uh the good thing is we had a pretty funny show there in trying to change the culture of duck commander and i'm still trying to change it but uh but they're probably still asleep right now heath because uh, it's yeah I'm sure
2: definitely, when
0: you're not there, they, they revert on. back to their old ways. Um Well, I want to hear this story. This is a, a crazy, crazy story, and um, I don't know. Uh, Corey, you can uh, uh, start it off. T- tell me about Corey's family and
1: your you aunt, aunt and uncle. Yeah, I mean. Well, the I'll just say the first time I met Heath, so this was – this was when the crazy story began for for me the first time I met Heath we had um I was at a um church like a youth rally and we were staying at the home of this nice family that had a son that was a couple of years younger than me and um I noticed that mom was very interested in in the son but I didn't know why and then that evening um mom told me the story about um I ha- my, That my aunt and uncle, Mac and Mary, um, had um, my aunt Mary had gotten pregnant as a teenager and had um, made the choice that um, she wanted her her son to have a a mom and dad. That Mac and Mary were not married at the time and um, chose adoption for her son. And that um, that was you. That was Heath. We were in your home, yep, which was just totally crazy.
0: So had- you were in the home. Just by... Of your first cousin by total coincidence by, well, spending the night Some may call it their coincidence. Well, some may
1: call it... I mean, like, it's, you know, it's yeah,
0: coincidental it's just, that you... Because yeah. there were several houses. Because we when we were teenagers and we were going to youth rally, they mm-hmm. would just put you up in the church's houses, you know. And so right. we would all stay with different people. And that's kind right. of it went. And you just happened to be in the home of... That's right. Of that's Heath. Right. That was your cousin that... Um, it's just a, it's just and incredible. And then so
1: Heath was about 13 at the time. So fast forward about 5 years and your mom, Heath, correct me, you 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 need to tell this part of the story. Your mom told told you
2: yeah. about us yeah, at well, that point, huh? my mom, so my parents had told me from like when I was just a uh you know, as early as I can remember that I was adopted. And um and there were, you know, there were times where I knew and I found out probably around 10 or 11 that I actually had some siblings. Um, but, you know, growing up, I mean, you're with your family and you never think of an additional family or anything like that, especially, you know, the way kids think about things. And and I remember that weekend when you came to my house. Uh, of course, you know, my perspective on it was there's just some strangers staying at my house. There's this girl that's older than me. I'm sure I didn't talk to you because I was, you know, an awkward 13 year old. You were very
1: quiet. You were quiet. Yes. yes.
2: (laughs) And so, you know, I I just remember strangers staying at our house, which, you know, like Willie said, that's, that's just how youth retreats worked. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, when I turned, I'm just glad
0: y'all didn't fall in love. Heath, that would have been terribly awkward. That would be a different story.
1: That would have been weird. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, oh man, I had the hottest girl ever. Oh yeah. She's your cousin. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: So, um, so we, we avoided that pitfall, thankfully. Um, and <laughs> thankfully,
1: I wasn't that hot at 14, so yeah, we're good. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think we were both, <laughs> we were both probably pretty, you know, re- repulsive at the time. So Awkward, uh, yes.
1: awkward middle school. Um,
2: well, when I graduated from high school, um, uh, Mac and Mary uh, wrote me a letter. Again, this is, you know, before, really before the Internet and email and was commonplace. And so they wrote me a letter and sent me, uh, I remember they sent me a striped shirt from Structure. And that was my, yeah. Oh,
1: yes. wow.
2: Very fan. They didn't have structures where I grew up. So I fancy. was like, man, these big city folks <laughs> sending me these <laughs> fancy clothes. Um, but they sent me a graduation pre- present. It was real, real innocent. Just, hey, we, we want to congratulate you on, on this milestone. and um, And so we started writing letters back and forth and um that probably and
1: another crazy thing i mean i don't think people are even going to understand the story we're gonna have they're gonna have to like get the book to understand this whole story but so mac and mary your birth parents Mm -hmm. who are my aunt and uncle um ended up getting married after high school yes which um but you know they were not married whenever she got pregnant with you but they ended up getting married after high school and had you know continued their life and had of course um as every um as every birth mother, I'm sure, does, you know, always prays for and wonders what happened to their child and, mm-hmm. make, and you know, wants to know that, um, that they're loved and cared for and all that. So it was a real blessing for Mary and Mac, I know, whenever we, we did find you, to know that you were with a loving family, that you were doing well and all that, and, mm-hmm. which was a really ble- ble- big blessing to our family.
2: Yeah, well, and, and it, was, it was really cool, uh, what they did is they respected my parents uh, and, and our life. You know, they, mm-hmm. once they, they found out where I was and, you know, they had a little bit of communication. Like I said, I, I found out I had siblings, but they didn't try to interfere. They didn't try to, you know, come get me back or they didn't try to do anything to, to you know, confuse me in, you know, that, that young stage of my life. So, um, so really any other contact, um, I never had any contact with them until that first letter when I graduated from high school. Um, and so we wrote letters back and forth for probably a year. Um, and it was, it was me and, and my two sisters. Cause when, when they had me, uh, my biological mom, Mary was 16 and, uh, Mac was 15. And so they ended up getting married and having more kids. My, uh, my sister's cherry and Callie. And so they really started writing me letters more than anything. It was, uh, a relationship with them that kind of started it all and uh finally i can't remember who did it finally in one of the letters somebody sent a phone number either either i sent them mine or they sent me theirs and and we started talking on the phone and uh it was really neat because they were they were super you know careful about it and normally when i would call it would just be like oh hey thanks for calling here i'll go get the girls and i would talk to cherry and callie for uh Mm -hmm. for most of the time and and they would you know just be let let me kind of go at my own pace you know as far as how i wanted to build that and um Finally, on my so then two summers later, uh, I asked them if they'd like to meet, and uh, we ended up coming up to West Monroe down in the south of Louisiana, and uh I met them on my nineteenth birthday
0: <laughs>
2: i yeah. was uh, I think I was there, yeah, now see we I was so working excited. for Mac.
0: I was in high school, and I was working for Mac, uh, who was a cabinet builder. Also, Johnny D's dad, uh, Big Dave, was in there. And I worked for those guys. So we were so excited. It was the I just saw all the emotion from Mike and Mary because I was at the house every day. And just that was such a big time, you know, is when, uh, is when you know, this son is coming back and uh, who's been taken care of. And it's so tricky. Corey and I have been on the other side of that. So we mm-hmm. worried about... Birth yeah. moms and who's going to show up, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh,
1: well, and Heath, you've been you were just a great, um, a great to talk to whenever we did. You know, first start adopt Will to be able to say like, you know, how do we navigate all this? And and that has been my prayer from the very beginning. Like seeing your relationship and with with um mac and mary and with your parents and how that has all happened and how god has worked in your lives but that's been you know something that i've always thought about and referred to you know within my prayers that you know whenever um, our children do meet their birth mothers and their birth families that it will be good and positive and they'll know that they were loved and we have experienced that recently and um it's just been incredible like it's god has just just been so you know faithful in that and taking such good care of us and um I'm just so thankful that um you know seeing how his plan is unfolding and seeing how you know the um birth mothers and the have come together in a in a really beautiful way
0: mm-hmm. and and Heath, you ended up moving to West Monroe along with your parents mm-hmm. uh moving to West Monroe, which is incredible uh now that you know all the families. We're up here in the same town together, and uh, I think we all learned so many lessons, uh, A, about adoption, ab- about pro-life and uh, mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, uh, you were even born. I didn't even realize that, that they were that young till you said it, 15 and 16, yep. uh, which is probably why you're so immature. Uh, what? So that probably is <laughs> – Come right on. That. That. Just a touch. Yeah. But just the lesson there that, that you know, that – mac and mary did choose life and that and then that your parents took you in uh raised you loved you and then also this redemption later on in life to where then you actually get to meet you know your biological parents and then experience this family you know and uh i know mac and mary grew so much and they've gone on to do uh, really incredible things just you know for the church and for people and uh and you guys have as well and so we've all shared in that and so it it inspired all of us, I think, on both sides of it. You know, when you're seeing both sides of this as a, you know, as a, as just something that God can make, you know, something great out of anything. And oh, so, yeah. Uh, well, and uh, and
2: it's it, I, what you guys have done has been a blessing to me just because, you know, to see in my extended family or that, that I didn't even know at the first part of my life to carry on the tradition of adoption and uh because you're right, you know you mentioned as early as, as this was when it happened, I mean, this was nineteen seventy five so this was actually you know when a lot of things were happening politically where i you know I could have been a choice uh mm-hmm. and um fortunately, you know Mac and Mary just chose that they wanted me to have you know a family and and uh they were able to put me in a place where um, I was raised in a great home and by loving parents. And, and so I love to see what you guys are doing, you know, with Will. And, uh, uh, I like to see his story unfolding too, because I think his life has been blessed tremendously by being with you guys.
0: Well, it has been, and, uh, and your life has been that. And obviously we're talking about your life and, you know, I think we all realize too, that, that it hasn't always been easy, and it's tough, you know. I mean, your life is is played out like this, and we're certainly inspired. But uh, you know, through the ups and downs and and trials, it's not, you know, it's not always easy. And um, you know, we're just we're we're proud that you've you know come through there because I know you've had emotions everywhere, you know, over the course of your life. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, I think you're an inspiration to a lot of people to say, hey, we, you know. Um, through your faith and through family and through loving each other, you you come through and you just take the best of all the scenarios.
1: What was it like, Heath, whenever you first came to meet? Like, were you like nervous, excited? What did you think? What did you What did you think of this you know, crazy family that you? Well,
2: you know, it's funny. I was not like like I, it just didn't click for me because I'm just thinking, you know, I'm I was really thinking I'm gonna go meet some sisters, you know, because mm-hmm. I've, I've got these two sisters. I grew up an only child in my adoptive family, so you know, that was something new for me. I mean, I, I had a mom, I had a dad, I had grandparents and cousins. And so none of that even registered until I saw Mary for the first time. Uh, when we drove up and she was walking up to me to hug me and she was just shaking uncontrollably. And, mm-hmm. and then it just hit me. It was just like, okay, wait, this is, this is more than just meeting with two new people. <laughs> the things, mm-hmm. things are, things are going to be different. And mm-hmm. so, you know, sitting with the family and, and, you know, just meeting everybody and seeing, you know, people that I looked like, uh, which was odd for me, you know, because people always tell my mom and dad, because my dad's real tall, my mom's real tall, I'm tall, and so they'd always say, oh, you look just like your dad, and it was always our inside joke, you know.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure
2: you guys get that with little Will all the time. Um, Oh, yeah, all the time. My hair is super hot and kinky. Yeah that was our inside joke we would laugh about. And so, but then to meet people, it's like, Whoa, there's, there's a, there's a blood connection here that I hadn't experienced any other time. And so, yeah, those trips to West Monroe started taking place every weekend until like, you know, Willie mentioned, I I ended up after about a year of that. Um, I moved in with Mac and Mary started attending ULM there and, uh, moved in with them just to really, you know, get to know my sisters and my family differently. And, uh, and it wasn't always easy. I mean, uh, you know, family and learning how to, a new family works and stuff, you, you've got different expectations. But we, you know, we just worked through those things because we felt like the uh, the blessings that we could get from this were, were worth any of the struggles that we would have to go through.
0: Right. And I'm sure, I mean, and I'm sure the question why, you know, I mean, that's it's always why, you know, why this and why that. And so, and uh, Corey and I deal with that with, you know, even with Will, you know, watching as his life unfolds and, uh funny that connection with those siblings too and that's a i think for all of us you know just the thought that you know if you have siblings out there you know um Mm -hmm you know our dad was so wild we you know that was always our joke that we never knew if we had other <laughs> brothers and sisters out there oh, no. in the southern arkansas area no it was true i mean dad was a, not a good person at that time so uh, i was i was you know and, and now since duck dynasty you know somebody comes up with a big beard and a bandana and i'm i'm a little nervous but uh <laughs> now we we think that uh, uh, the four robertson boys are uh, the only boys but you never know and just just hearing that I mean, it sounds like to me that was the thing, you know, that well, was a big part of it was those, and was one those thing, siblings. Mm-hmm. One
1: thing that um, that I do hear and it makes me, you know, just like cringe every time I hear it, you know, when people say like, um, oh, they gave a child up for adoption where, you know, we, I really try to use the terminology they chose adoption for their child because that is really what a, a birth mom is doing whenever they're doing that. They're choosing a hope for that child that they maybe can't give that child right then, you know, and it's really such an act of ultimate, like sacrificial love to choose adoption for a child, to not choose abortion and to not choose to keep a child that they, that they can't keep, that they perhaps at the time of their life, they're, they're they're not able to take care of or love in the way that they can. So it's really um, just a, heroic, sacrificial type of love for these birth mothers to choose adoption um, for their babies. And, um, you know, I think that just changing that terminology and the way that we talk about it, sometimes, you know, you see movies or whatever where they make fun of adoption or talk about it in a in not a good light, and it just, oh, it just...
0: Mm-hmm. Bothers me. Corey's getting mad. I know. Corey's getting angry. Corey's getting
2: angry. And and, you know, on the other side of it too, Corey is is like, especially in my case, um, when Mac and Mary gave me up for adoption, they at that time couldn't have known that the family that would be adopting me was a family that couldn't have kids. And so, you know, my parents were then blessed in such a way where you know they, my dad was kind of wilder when he was when they were younger and first married. And so here you bring in this baby that, you know, in essence brings the family together. And and they, Mm -hmm. you know, now they just finished, what, 50-something years of marriage. And, you know, it's just like there there are a lot of blessings that can occur from adoption on both sides with that sacrifice of a birth mom for, you know, somebody they don't even know.
1: Absolutely. Hmm. That's great to hear.
2: It's an unbelievable
0: story. And, uh, Heath, you have done... uh Remarkable. Now, you mentioned you were an IT guy for Duck Commander. I know you were a youth minister at one point, uh, as was I, Yeah. same church. And um, now tell me how you get into
2: comedy. <laughs> well, you know, I, it, every IT guy aspires to be a comedian. Um, that's, <laughs> everyone knows this.
1: I didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we've got the gifts for it. We can talk to people. We're charming. We're engaging. <laughs> um no, you know, I did uh, I did corporate America for oh goodness 17 18 years. Um I mean, I ran a company, worked in the executive level, and just got to a point where um you know, enough people said, you know, you're funny, let me just try this out, you know. And and I wanted to figure out if I was funny in the living room or if I was, you know, actually funny. And then when Duck Dynasty came on, and I saw Willie on TV, I was like, "Well, I know I'm funnier than Willie, so I got back.
0: Well, there you go. <laughs> you
2: know, and then, uh, then you said, "Now I've got to do
0: something as a career." So, uh, right? What was now? Uh, you tell everybody what what my nickname is. You've always called me this nickname, and it was before I was on Duck Dynasty. Hollywood. Hollywood. Hollywood, <laughs> oh, yeah. He pinned Hollywood that. on me. Back when we were in our 20s, uh, he always called me Hollywood. And so I remember once Doug Dynasty hit and I saw you said Hollywood, I said, yep, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. Finally on, on television. And um, and you've also gotten into some acting. Um,
2: yep. With yep, your, with your uh, movie
0: as well. So That's uh, the deal with comedians. Comedians can do uh, – they pretty much can do anything they want to do. I mean, if you're a great comedian – Next thing you know, you're in movies. Next thing you know, you're on television, and so it really is. A, it, it's crazy to me that a, somebody that can just stand up in front of people with a microphone—I mm-hmm. mean, so well, many of them have like, went on to do so like many most bigger things. Biggest
1: fear, though, standing up in front of people with a microphone and trying to be funny. Oh yeah, like that's hard. It's to do. It's
2: hard to do. Yeah, well, yeah. it's hard. To <laughs> and it, it actually, you know, it, it's funny. One of the one of the stories I tell about you, uh, especially when I'm talking to youth groups and stuff is oh, my start <laughs> oh, was you at me? church. You know, my first stand-up yeah. comedy was, was doing announcements on Sunday mornings. And ah, I <laughs> remember. You're the yeah. announcer guy. Yeah. yeah, I would get in trouble every now and then because I would put jokes in. At, it'd be like, hey, hilarious joke. By the way, brother so-and-so passed away this week. So I would get yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's a tough ride. It's hard to get a it's lot of comedy game. when you're
0: reading church announcements. It is,
2: it is. But uh, I remember one time after I did announcements, you came up to me. And you said, and this was probably, gosh, 10, 12 years ago. And you were like, dude, we should do something big together. And I remember looking at you like, you're an idiot. Why would I do that? And, uh, and you're
0: looking at me like you're going nowhere, man.
2: Exactly. You work
0: at the mall. I'm going somewhere. Yeah. You're going nowhere. Uh, My bad. You, you were an IT guy. Yeah, yes. I should have seen you coming back. He's bringing
1: know. up Nordic Track. He worked uh, at Nordic Track in the morning? He said you worked at the mall. I Remember, you worked track. at Nordic Track in
0: the
2: mall. Yes. I did. I so did. that guy, so his sweet. name was Jess, by the way, <laughs> not Willie, um, said that to me. And so now the big joke is that, you know, I, I tell everybody, like, you know, now. Here today, one of us is rich and famous and the other one's me. And, uh, so there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I moved into, to comedy. Um, really, I just went out to prove myself wrong. I pro, just to prove myself I wasn't funny. And, uh, the first open mic I did went really well. And it just kind of took off from there. And then with, with movies, I mean, like you said, um, a lot of directors like comedians because for some reason we're good at drama. Uh, I think with all the timing and everything you do in, in comedy, it, uh, it translates well so last year i was fortunate to uh, be cast in a faith-based film called second greatest and that's currently in post-production so we're looking for distribution uh i've I've done some short films i've done commercials and so yeah now i'm just kind of out there exploring everything in the entertainment industry
0: well i'm uh i'm proud of you and uh all that you've done uh with uh with your family and just uh how much you've achieved and uh you never know what god's got in store for us uh we n- certainly never knew what he had in store for us so uh but Heath, keep uh keep pumping out that positive message and um i will i will see you soon and uh, i want to hear some 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 of your new stuff from comedy
2: awesome sounds good guys thanks for having me on the podcast today all right bro great talking bro. to you
1: all right
2: guys we'll see you.
0: All right, that was Heath Arthur from Colorado, my wife's first cousin and Johnny D's first cousin. Uh, it's just unbelievable, I mean, how you guys made this connection and, mm-hmm. you know, that we were able to share in his life when, you know, at some point, I'm sure his biological parents thought they meant never ever see him again. Right. And so it's, it's, it's so encouraging to me, um, you know, that, that that we just were able to be a part of his life and he's been successful and like i said he's done all kind of jobs and uh he worked uh kind of under me i mean he was a few years younger than me so uh uh i'm just glad that he's
1: definitely a lot of answered prayers for sure on from Mac and mary's perspective and the entire family and um yeah he's a great guy as you can tell by hearing him he's a great guy so it's it's amazing but um I was going to tell people about Mac and Mary's book. It's called Never Let Go, mm-hmm. and you can find it on Amazon. And it tells, like, the whole story. And um, Mac really struggled with drugs for a lot of years. And um, it tells the story of how they held on and came to the other side and have just done amazing things. Um, I'm going to have to
0: get Mac on the show. And I worked for Mac. Mac yeah. My first job was And with Mac, Mac
1: was one of the original duck men.
0: One of the original duck men. He and Phil. He kind of followed Phil around. And so that's right. Uh, really when he got his life, uh, changed and uh, he really gravitated towards Phil and they went on probably thousands of Bible studies and uh, he just got uh, super educated in the word and just became uh, just a great uh, speaker and um, uh, they're not here they moved to Colorado as well so uh, we their miss story seeing them. is incredible. It's, incredible it's really
1: one of hope and forgiveness and um, life change and all that it's so. just
0: how God can turn you know mistakes into something that's positive and uh we all screw up, we all make mistakes, and I'm just, it's so great whenever we can, you know, look up and now be happy and not be bitter, because so many people in the world are just, they're filled with bitterness, and Heath could forever have questioned why, you know, why was I the, you know, the the grandchild that was, you know, left out from you guys' perspective, because y'all were here and you had this happy family, and everything seemed great, you know, it seemed like everything was total happy, but, um, but behind it all, you know, and when you start hiding stuff and, uh, you know, and like i said it's their life and i know it's it's hard you know it's hard but you know god can make things better and good and so uh Corey, thank you so much for sitting in uh with your husband today and uh i've had a great time and uh something that we're super passionate about is adoption uh, a couple of tweets from you guys uh one is when is willie robertson gonna adopt me uh, so I'm assuming this is probably an adult, so it's
1: probably <laughs> not gonna work. Yeah, I get that I get that every once in a while as well.
0: Yeah, you know when uh guys my age ask me when I'm gonna adopt them, it's <laughs> it's a little weird. Um then I'm so happy the Robertsons uh publicize uh adoption in such a positive light. I tear up thinking about how uh they're changing kids' lives and so uh that's really what we're trying to do and it's not to prop us up in any way. Um we just wanna be um positive people and try to uh use our platforms in any way we can to um, just to be positive and to help people and so that's a great story right there about you know redemption and love and uh and we just want to keep that and so you know whether it's the young child who's having a child you know they need somebody that child needs somebody um everybody needs somebody and we just got to find our ways to help uh we will finish up with romans eight fifteen. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. And uh, as adopted children of God, um, we understand adoption. We're thankful for that. Uh, We're thankful that he took us in as kids and um, we love him as our father. And so we try to emulate him and we try to... Be parents to our children, uh, whether they be natural or whether they be adopted. And uh, so go out there, guys, get involved and help make the world a better place.